everyone, I'm Katie Ganaway, and you are tuned in to Arts Underground with a special series on the Tennessee Valley's record stores and their owners, Independent Grooves. Today we're getting to know Lindsay Staggs and her Decatur-based shop with musical and metaphysical offerings, both vintage and artisanal, Urban Atlas. So thanks for inviting us to your retro digs today, Lindsay. Yeah, no problem. I'm so glad you came out. Urban Atlas is a woman-owned business, and that is you. Can you talk about your start? You said that was four years ago when you were 20. Yes, yes, I was 20. Um, I originally started um, just me. Urban Atlas is the entire entity, but I also serve as a business incubator, and those are all women as well. So um, it's been nice to add other business owners, um, women business owners of all different ages and backgrounds. And can you talk a little bit about them and what they do here? Because I'm looking around the shop and there's macrame and teas and everything. Yeah, so I have three others. Um, Audrey, she owns Mad Hatter's Tea Shop. It serves as like a tea shop, apothecary type area where you can come hang out, drink some tea. Um, I also have Jen. She's a tarot reader here. She's in the back. You come book an appointment. Um, she's amazing. She's been reading for over 20 years. And then I have Reagan, who is a yoga instructor. She also has a space in the back, and she hosts classes uh, once a week. I wonder, how did you decide that you wanted it to be more than just one thing? Pretty much um, how I started in business, um, I started out making jewelry, and I was selling in little shops and markets and things like that. And so, you know, that's how I got my start. And I wanted to provide that for other business owners, you know, low overhead costs, but still get their name and their product out because personally, I know firsthand how hard that can be. And stemming from selling jewelry, how did that expand into all of this? Well, growing up, I was raised by my grandparents. Um, they owned an antique store. So I was raised in a business environment that was 60s, 70s, you know, stuff in it. Um, but I also wanted it to be somewhere, you know, cool, somewhere to hang out. Again, like I said, business incubator, because Decatur doesn't have a lot of that. They don't have a lot of fun, different things to do, you know, and especially five years ago, we've grown so much now. But when I was growing up around here, there wasn't much of anything like that. And so you wanted to create that sort of space for people yes, to come to. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Can we just take a second to talk about the Bohemian vibes here? Like what, what inspired you to go with this aesthetic? It's funny, I'll reference one of my very first interviews I had um, for the store. Someone asked me something similar to that. And the best way I can describe it is like, this is me. Like if you took the inside of me and like put it outside, this is what it looks like. <laughs> you grew up in Decatur. I guess that's how you got the location here in Decatur. You decided this spot. Um, how did you decide on Urban Atlas as the name? <laughs> okay, so... Like I said, when I was making jewelry, um, I was doing that for about a year and a half before I opened. Um, and I had originally started out, actually, we'll go back further than that. I started out um, in a booth, like I mentioned. It was actually in this location before I opened. It was an antique store. And I rented a space in the back. And it's so cool now that it's like my own place. Um, and it was Dime Store Cowgirl. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> And then um, I moved from that out of like the booth stuff, um, doing the markets and the jewelry, um, and I went under Vagabond Vintage. And I still really like that. It's a reference to Frank Sinatra, um, which is, you know, still fits into my music, you know, category. But that just does not roll off the tongue well. Um, <laughs> so I got Urban Atlas because, you know, like I said, I was super young when all of this started. So I feel like every girl goes through that phase where they have their kids' names picked out. 
and I wanted my son's name to be Urban Atlas. Oh. And I was like, that's so that's so cool. Like I could just name the store that or name, you know, my company that. And, and this is your brainchild. Right. So yes, exactly. This is my child. <laughs> A big thing that you emphasize here is upcycling your materials. Of course, you see that with your vintage records. Can you talk about the acquisition process, like how you get those records and how you curate those, like how you decide what to sell? My biggest genres that I sell is like classic rock, psych rock. That fits the vibe as well, so it just goes hand in hand. Um, I have a distributor out of Florida, so I get them there. I also have someone who buys out collections. I buy out collections as well. So it comes from all over, but me and the person who gets the records, he's been collecting for a long time himself, plus selling, and you know he knows what sells, know what fits here, um, and is able to curate that collection along with mine to create a good um, variety. Talking more locally, just day to day, how do you choose what records to put on? Well, that's Spotify. <laughs> okay, so my Spotify playlist, um, I love. I'm obsessed with music. Anyone who knows me personally, I'm always like, listen to this new song. Can you guess what's, what sampled this? Is? You know, all types of stuff that regular people might not have the answer to. But I do curate my in-store playlist uh, very particularly. And that's, that would be based on what you have to sell, right? Yes, yes. It's based off of that, but also you know, songs personally that have meaning to me and that make me feel good. When people come in, I want them to immediately feel good. So it's like, oh, like this song reminds me of this beach trip or, you know, this or that fun time or fun memory. And I make sure to play stuff, you know, that you can come in and be like, oh, what's this song? You know, stuff that you may not have heard before as well. How would you describe your musical taste and how did that form for you, I wonder? I would say... uh my musical taste. <laughs> you have a Led Zeppelin shirt on right now, just yes. saying, and it seems like you have a huge affinity for Janis Joplin, possibly. Yes, yes, I've always loved Janis. I love, I love them all. Uh, but uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was raised by my grandparents, but um, I wasn't always, you know, I had a lot of different people um, have a hand in my upbringing and my raising, and all of those different people had different music that they liked so it's like growing up I was listening you know anything from like Johnny Horton to you know Prince you know in different car rides picking me up from school or staying at their house or you know whatever not so much Britney Spears or <laughs> right none none of the new stuff uh when I was little um when I was living with my parents so I would have been about four my mom said I had posters on my wall of Britney Spears Kid Rock uh, George Strait, and I think Leonard Skinner, like just a variety of like random stuff. <laughs> so it's not just all, yeah, it's not just all team bop. It's like all kinds of weird. Yeah. Okay. Yes. If you had to choose one artist, one musician who sings straight to your heart. So we're talking like lyrically. Um, I would say one for sure, um, is Dermot Kennedy. Um, he's based out of Ireland, I believe. He's um, not well known around here. He's had a few songs hit US radio. Um, I've been following him for about five or six years, so I've, you know, seen his progression. And he's just so poetic lyrically um, that has, you know, I always have one of his songs that's like, you know, this got me through that, this got me through that. So he would definitely be my number one lyrically. So what is the first record that you bought, Lindsay? That I bought or was given? Either. <laughs> My first record that I remember buying was 
the Lumineers' first album. Um, I think the first one I was given Fleetwood Mac Rumors. It was a new pressing, but still, I think that was those were my first. What got you wanting to sell records, like as a as a big part of your store? Music is you know a huge part of who I am, and like I said, it's just my store is pretty much a reflection of me. But music is one thing that everybody can relate to. Being in business, you hear like, "What's your demographic?" A lot, you know, and I'm like everyone likes me. like find me a person that's like mm, I don't listen to music I, I've <laughs> met those people they're weird yeah. insane <laughs> but you know like for the most part it's something that everyone enjoys how would you say that that influences you to share a listening experience with your customers like introducing them to new music oh I love that I'm always even if I don't know you well like I'll be dropping people on Facebook like a new song <laughs> like just <laughs> randomly like cold message DMs <laughs> Um, but I love that. I love, you know, sharing that, whether it be on Wax or on Spotify. I like that, whether on Wax or on Spotify, yeah. I love, I love Spotify. I'm really particular about my playlist. I even have a thing up here. People ask about it a lot. And Can you describe what it looks like, what you're pointing to? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, it's like a, a wooden plaque, and it looks like an old cassette, and it says Urban Atlas Playlist, and people can walk up and scan it, and then they have my playlist they can take home and listen to. That's amazing. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm old now. Oh, I see the QR code. Yeah, okay. My bad. Okay. <laughs> and so before we take a break, I want to know what music filled your ears on the way to work today. Okay. I hate not having music on, but I, I do not like listening to a lot of like mainstream music, like I said. So, you know, I'm going to have my Spotify plugged up. Lately, my phone has been not acting right, so it was dead on the way to work. Oh, no. Um, which was miserable. <laughs> I hate it. I, that's my biggest pet peeve is not having music on. What would you say is the one artist that you have in your car when it is working though? Okay, okay. I'm um, driving around. I really like one of my my biggest top artists, top bands um, is Funkadelic. I listen. And, and that's on your playlist today. We're going to hear yes. some Funkadelic. Yes, exactly. It's you know, when I mentioned to my friends, oh my gosh, I have to think of 10 songs. They were like, well, Funkadelic's got to be on there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's on there. Don't worry. <laughs> so um, a lot of times, you know, and I, I like to listen to stuff that gets me like upbeat. So even if it's like one of those like, like girly self-love, like, you know, like hype up songs or um, like, you know, back to Funkadelic, can you get to that? Hit it and quit it. All of those really fun. I love funk. I love bass. So that has all of that. You are listening to Arts Underground with another installation of our series, Independent Grooves. We are getting the 411 on Urban Atlas here in Decatur with founder Lindsay Staggs, continuing to learn more about our community's local indie record stores and the people who run them. Well, hello again, Lindsay. Hi. What would you say is the best memory that sticks out to you with a customer showing them something brand new musically? One big thing um, that always makes me feel really good, I actually set up at like markets and events to kind of spread out and, you know, bring a little bit of like a sampling of Urban Atlas to other cities set up, you know, under a little tent. And I go to a place in North Alabama called Vintage 72 and it's a little flea mall, really cute place, love working with them. Um, and I've been doing it for two years. And last year I noticed, I was like, wait, there's no music on. I was like, something's not right. So I just started bringing my speaker. And I guess I probably should have asked, but <laughs> I didn't. I was like, it's fine. You know, I'll make sure it's all family friendly. You know, 
So I started playing it, and of course, like, it's, you know, quote, unquote, the hippie tent or, you know, stuff like that. So I've got all this, like, really good music, like, coming from it. And then the owner started coming up to me, or the owner's husband. He was like, man, that's some good music. And, you know, like, customers would walk by, and they'd be, like, bopping, being like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, other people under different tents would be like, hey, where can I find this music? Where can I get this playlist? I'm like, oh, scan this code right here. (laughs) So you were able to connect people just by bringing some speakers to your booth at Vintage 72. Right, yeah, exactly. And, like, the the owner started putting a speaker out, and it would, like, die, or, like, it'd be playing the same thing over and over. And I'd be like, hey, you got to cut that (laughs) off. Or he'd come out and be like, hey, will you turn your speaker on? This is just not working. So we've talked about Spotify and we've talked about vinyl. In your opinion, what is the difference in a listening experience to having a a listening session to music digitally versus sitting down and letting the needle drop on some vinyl? Oh, that's a hard one. I think it really depends on the person um, to whether they can tap in that or not into that, you know, like space of mind. Um, A lot of times... Of course, I prefer wax, but if I, you know, get up and try to show somebody a record at the house, they're like talking or doing their thing. I'm like, no, everybody be quiet. Like, listen. (laughs) So sometimes Spotify is just better, like in like a social setting to share things like that. So would you say that there is a place for digital music in this world? For sure. A lot of people, um, especially like older record store owners, give a bad rap towards digital. But, you know, it's the same music. You know, of course, like I said, wax does sound better, but not everybody has a record player. I can't have a record player in my car, um, hence the Spotify. (laughs) Um, I know they did try that in cars, and that was a terrible idea, but, you know, I think there's definitely a place. And like at markets, you know, I could have never drug a record player out there. You know, all these vinyl records stacked up, flipping them, you know, and dealing with customers, too. Digital is just more convenient and still gives you that feeling that the music gives you. And... I want your take on tangible media just in general. What does it mean to you to pop something in versus hit play on your phone? I love it. Um, I feel like I'm that age where I can remember, you know, popping a CD in or cassette. I remember sitting with my cassette, like, to record a song off the radio, you know, that whole thing. So it's almost like a feeling of nostalgia. And I really like seeing a lot of, I've worked with a lot of local music and stuff, And I love seeing them, like, put out a CD because it's like, you know, like, oh, that's so old school. (laughs) So I have a more serious question. The COVID pandemic has given us a lot of time to sit with our music that we have and to discover new music. How did the pandemic affect your relationship with music personally? Oh, gosh. 2020, um, you know, when it hit, was a tough year in itself with that. I was forced to shut down for a month, still had to pay rent, and so that was tough in itself, but personally, I went through, separately from all of that craziness, um, I went through one of the hardest things I've ever went through in my life, and so that, on top of that, you know, was insane, and I remember August, September-ish of 2020, I would just come home, put a record on, come home, put it, and I would just sit there, like, day in, day out, or it's like, oh, I want to, you know, find some new music, I'm in the mood for something new, and I would find a lot, because that's all I was doing every day, (laughs) which I'm sure most people were doing the same, and then back to what I said earlier, I'd be like, oh, so-and-so would like this song, get on my phone, send it to them. (laughs) 
And what was it like to come back and open everything back up to your customers? Like, how, how, what was the response when you finally got to open your doors again? The community and my customers I had then, and even now, you know, make sure to really support me. Um, I At that point, when I had to shut down, I had only had a website for like a month. So it was not ready to go full on mobile, you know. But I had a ton of people ordering on there, doing local store pickup, and I was just kind of basing this as an office and running it out to the car to them, you know, just to make a little bit of money. Um, and they really showed up for me then and then after, too, coming in to make sure, you know, everything was good and they could support me as best they could. How would you describe your relationship with your customers? I have met so many good friends through the store. Um, I have this really old guy that comes in. He's probably like 70 at this point, And he is so cool. Like, we could be best friends. He'll sit in here and we'll talk for hours. You know, and then I have, like, little kids that come in that love it. And I'll sit over here and, like, play with them. So I've met so many different people, ages, you know, from different areas. Um, there's a guy that comes in. He was actually my dentist as a child. I didn't remember, but my grandma told me. And he, she said that he used to buy records from her when she had the antique store. And so now he's buying records from me, which is really cool. It's like you're passing on this legacy of having, you know, going from the antique store to having your own vintage store. What is it like to you to sort of be able to pass on a sort of family tradition like that? It's really cool. Um, I've seen a lot of things come full circle. You know, I've had people come in and sometimes I'll recognize them, which is surprising. The store closed when I was nine, so I was still pretty young, but I was up there, you know, after school weekends, you know, like that's who kept me. So I was up there and I've met so many people in the store and I'll ask if they, you know, went, and um, I'm like, yeah, I recognize you, and they're like, oh my gosh, you were that little kid, and I'm like, yeah, that's me, um, and you know, like, I'll see things come in, or even like furniture pieces that I use for displays, um, music, you know, that was on playing, um, it really, like, takes me back to that, and so it was my grandparents, uh, my grandma's brother and sister, and then I had a few aunts that, you know, all did it, so it was all a family thing, and I even have uh, my uncle in a poster form up on the wall of him when he worked in a record store, because he was really cool, um, <laughs> and my- What was he like? He was cool. Um, he passed a few years ago, but he did get to come see the store, and a lot of people that know him and that come in, they're like, oh, this has JB written all over it. Like, you know, how I've displayed it or how I've put it out or, you know, how I make sure, you know, how it looks. He just had that touch. And I feel like I kind of got that from him. Um, and he lived with us until I was about 12. So we were really close. He worked in Camelot Records. And that's really big. And, like, a lot of people know that one. He didn't work there for long. Um, honestly, my grandma did not realize he worked there when she printed this picture out. And I'm like, that's a name tag. Like, he worked there. <laughs> I want to talk about live local music in Decatur. What is Urban Atlas's relationship to local artists around here? I've been open a while, so I've done, you know, various things with it. For a while, I did carry a few local artist CDs in store. Um, I used to charge 15 to put your stuff in, but for local music, I waived that fee because I wanted them to be able to get out. And, you know, that little bit, you know, it's just $15, but for them, you know, it could help them out a lot. You know, three people come in, buy their CDs, they get the full profit. So that was one thing I really did um, like to push a lot. Um, not a lot of people make CDs, so I kind of stopped that. You know, I get it. But a few years ago... There in the basement here at Urban Atlas, there was a music venue, and he strictly did like heavy metal, hardcore type shows. And he came up and was like asking questions, and was like, "How how can I get this off the ground?" And I was like, 
well, you know, I know a lot of local music people. Like, let me host a little show under Urban Atlas, you know, like a sponsored show. And at that time, I had tons of friends that were doing local music. Um, There's a studio up here I love to go just hang out at. So I got a few artists from there, started um, doing shows every Friday night underneath Urban Atlas in the basement, and it was so much fun, so much fun. We'd have like 60, 70 people in there some nights. It was a great way for like those artists and those musicians to show that off, a place for people to come hang out, and it was a great way to meet people too. I've met tons of people just through that, um, and that guy in- did end up um, shutting down, so that stopped. I think it just it just wasn't working, but... Our shows that we had, um, they were so much fun. I have a few things that I want to really get going for 2022. Um, Yes, let's talk about the future. I want to hear about it. (laughs) Three things is I want to do some sort of like tiny desk concert style right here in the conversation pit. Um, I've definitely had that vision. It would be so cute for one. Um, So I'm in the market for a videographer if anyone... (laughs) Um, I have one guy, he is awesome, but he is super, super busy, and, you know, I don't want to take up any more of his time, but, you know, that's really what I'm needing. I've gotten a lot of, and I want to host different genres as well, not just one, and I've got all, you know, the people wanting to do it, so that's definitely what I would like to do next year, get jumped on. The other thing, I want to start somewhat of a radio station through Urban Atlas, um, just be, you know, internet, but, you know, do like music trivia because that's super fun. Same thing as the playlist, just put it out to where everybody can access it, even if you don't have Spotify, and be able to live stream, you know, new stuff, the local music, feature them. So I'm working on that as well. And then also um, I'm going to be doubling space next year at Vintage 72 so I can bring double the items, double the fun, double the music. <laughs> I mean, I come from Huntsville, so we're crazy with you know great local music but I don't hear a whole lot in Decatur can you talk can you kind of educate us on what is good to go listen to out here in Decatur what sort of uh, local music you like okay um one song that I've been playing a lot um is Southside by Kid um he's more hip-hop but this song is a little more like you know sing-songy almost like a nice little vibe um he owns Powerhouse Studios the studio I was talking about I absolutely love this song. Um, it's on YouTube. Um, Potion Seller, Drop Diver, they actually sponsored. Um, I host an LGBTQ prom every June, and they're one of my sponsors, which is really sweet. So love them. Can you talk more about that? That's awesome. Yeah, so every June, um, I had originally started out doing um, like a lemonade social, and I would feature like local LGBT plus artists, you know, to kind of fit the vibe. And I did that for two years, and I realized everybody was like, sitting around (laughs) you know like what else do you do besides drink lemonade and you know a lot of people that would come were younger you know high school crowd and you know I kept hearing like oh I didn't get to go to my prom I didn't get to you know do this or do that and I was like well that's what we'll do because I was like I can play the music I can you know got the music and the dancing going on and it's more fun and it's giving them something that they you know clearly missed out on in school. Decatur has grown a lot um in mentality and you know obvious like business growth but we do still have a long way to go but it's so much better than which I'm sure it's like that in most towns it's so much better than it used to be for sure. Lindsay Staggs what is the secret to successfully owning a record store in this day and age championing a tangible medium and continuing to get music lovers to spin their turntables? One thing 
you know, that I say to a lot, because a lot of people, you know, come to me for questions and advice, and I love that. I'll always give it. Um, I think everyone has their own version of success. Um, I think being adaptable and being able to change and fit needs is a huge, huge one. Going back to the Wax and Spotify thing, you know, I do carry, you know, predominantly, you know, records. That's my biggest seller. But I also have, like, things that you can scan to play a song, which is like the new age, the new music stuff. So I like, I feel like I'm that bridge between the two. Um, And I think that's what's helped my success the most because I have 10-year-old girls that come in and then I have 85-year-old men that come in. (laughs) And, um, you know, going back to, you know, music connects everyone. Everyone, you know, has what they like. Well, thank you so much for letting us stop by, Lindsay. It was good to meet you. Yeah, it was great to meet you. Thank you so much. And listeners, we have been talking with Lindsay Staggs here in Decatur at her shop, Urban Atlas. It is a cozy space with cool vinyl, artisanal, and vintage offerings. And this is another installment of our series, Independent Grooves on Arts Underground. Mm-hmm.